Good morning, everyone. Can I just add my welcome to you? If you're new to Gateway, if this is your first Sunday with us or you've only just come over the summer for the first time, it's great to have you here. Um, My name's Colin. I have the privilege of leading the team here at Gateway. And I was just stood at the back doors as people were walking, the front doors, as people were walking in this morning and met loads of new people. So this is always a risk. But you have 30 seconds, as long as you promise to listen when I say right back to it, to turn to the person next to you and greet them, not your husband or wife or your kids, um, but turn around just to the person next to you and please greet them, just say hi. Um, come on then, go. <laughs> okay. Can I have your attention? It really is great to welcome you here. Just to say, if you're new to Swindon, um, God is doing something really exciting in the town at the moment, across the churches. There's something new, something exciting God is doing in his church in Swindon, so you've arrived at a great time. We'd love to help you um, get connected into Gateway if this is to be your home church, but if not, please do speak to us. There's lots of good churches in and around the town. We are also part of a bigger family of churches. So over the next couple of weeks as we gather and we celebrate together next week as sites together and then the following week a, a West Site celebration, we're not just here for ourselves. We're here for the town. We're here because God has placed us here at this time to be um, a people of passion for his glory and his kingdom to come in this town. And so we, we, want to, we really want to say we're here for the town and um, to stir ourselves in that next week in particular. But also we're here because God has called us to be um, a church that, that builds locally but thinks internationally. And we are part of a much bigger family of churches, a worldwide family of churches called Regions Beyond. Um, and before we get going this morning on what I want to um, talk about, I'd love us just to pray um, for three new church plants that are being launched this morning in our family of churches. So the first is in Littlehampton, the Jubilee Church in Worthing are launching a new church plant in Littlehampton, um, being led by a, a team there, a guy called Martin's leading the team. So I'd love us to pray for those guys. Um, Worthing Jubilee, feel God's called them to plant five churches within an hour's drive of them. Um, the next is um, in... London in Westminster. Steve Oliver, who leads our family of churches along with Daniel McLeod, they are this morning launching in the Double Tree Hilton in Westminster, I think. Um, and they are literally about to start. Um, so I'd love us to pray for those guys. That's a significant thing. If you're at Fusion, you will have heard about that. Um, thank you for not going after Steve's big um, pull and request. Um, so we want to pray for those guys. And also in Washington, Spokane, we, um, Destination Church are launching this morning. A guy called John Meek, who's also part of our family. They are launching their new um, church plant in a few hours' time, I guess, when they wake up. Um, and I would love us to pray for those guys. It is a privilege that we are not just here for ourselves. That, to me, that feels good news. That we're part of something bigger, both in this town and out into the nation's of the world, and we are connected with that. We are here for one another. My phone this morning on the WhatsApp has just been going ping, ping, ping as people are saying, We're praying for you, we're, we're excited at what God's doing. So, I'm going to invite you to stand. And I said, I just messaged through a moment ago saying, We will pray. Um, so, it's Littlehampton, where Delirious came from. Um, obviously, means nothing to anybody, don't worry. Um, it's Westminster, so Trinity Church, Littlehampton, Trinity Church, 
Westminster, just by coincidence, and Destination Church, Spokane. So let's just for 30 seconds, minute, whatever, let's just raise our voices and let's pray for God's favor and grace as these churches um, launch themselves this morning, that, that, that people would show up, that God's spirit would be present. We thank you, Lord. Come on, raise your voices, guys. We thank you, Lord, that you love your church. We thank you that you have called us to fill this earth with the knowledge of your glory as the waters cover the seas of the earth. And we pray this morning as these churches set sail that your favor and grace would be upon them. We pray that, that, that it would be good news for the communities that they are part of. Lord, we pray that leaders would be released. We pray that people would encounter you. We pray that those who have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ before in, their, in those communities, communities would encounter your people and and get connected and find a home and find a God who loves them. And so, Lord, we bless those churches. We bless the leaders. We bless Martin and Stephen, Daniel and John as they take on leading those places. And we just want to, we want to pray your favor upon them, Lord God. We thank you that you are leading us in, in an exciting journey, adventure in these days. What a privilege to be part of that, Lord. And we just pray for your spirit now to come on those churches and to, and to cause them to have outstanding mornings. Lord, I pray that there will be stories, even from the first Sunday, of people who showed up for the first time because they were handed a flyer or a flyer landed on their doorstep saying, we're about to launch. Lord, we pray for, your, we pray for successful mornings in each of those venues. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Fab, if you'd like to grab a seat. This morning, I'm, um, it's slightly different in that I want to um, talk about leadership in the local church, um, in particular, deacons in the local church. Somebody's yawning already, but I'm not going to say who. Um, but I feel it's important for us. In two weeks' time, we are, when we have our site celebration, we are going to be laying hands on a group of people um, to, to deaconize them. I'm not quite sure what the right word is there, but to make them deacons. And before we do that, I want to make sure that we understand why we're doing it. And that's important, that we understand how church, how we function as a family, what leadership looks like, what... Um, and how we're to do that well. So that's where we're going in a moment. But I just want to read a quote that I um, read earlier in the week, uh, just a short paragraph, and it just excited me, and it resonated with me. And I, I'm not saying what I'm preaching on this morning is boring and this is exciting, but I want us to not disconnect the significance of even local church and actually how do we do this and leadership to what God is doing. Because we believe in healthy local churches. We believe that we, we have a responsibility as a local church to make sure that we are healthy in the way that we love one another, in the way that we serve and care for one another, in the way that we lead and how that works here at Gateway. Just to say, um, on Friday as a team of elders, we had a day together praying and planning and thinking about the future and just getting faith from God for what he's called us to. And do you know, these, these things are all important. It's not as though there's some things that, in one sense, are more important, but we want to be a healthy local church because that helps us play our part well. So this um, quote I read um, that excited me was this. Before the dawn of every new move of God, God awakens his prophets, intercessors, and all-in worshippers. He stirs his church. They They are the heralds of things to come, God's forerunners. His burning ones, carrying the sounds of glory to a waiting world. 
It's time once again for God's prophetic communities to herald the sound of a coming reformation. A time when the nations will again shout for joy because the great joy bringer has stepped on center stage. Jesus started the ultimate joy movement that could not be contained by sorrow, calamity, pressure, or change. In his presence is fullness of joy. And you know, I, I, I really do believe that God is stirring his church, particularly in this nation. I mean, across the world, sure. But as you look and hear stories and, and hear other leaders speaking across this nation, God is doing something in towns and cities, much like he's doing in Swindon, as he's causing churches and calling churches to find each other. And that's incredibly exciting. And it is exciting here in Swindon, yet the reality is it takes resource. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes capacity. Any relationship, if you want to make the thing work, you've got to give yourself to it meaningfully, intentionally. And as a team, as as a team of elders, we feel we're meant to be giving ourselves to what God is doing here, both in Swindon, with good news for Swindon. We want to give ourselves to that. That's exciting what's happening there, and there's huge potential. And, and we really feel we're meant to give ourselves to this. And likewise, our wider family of churches, regions beyond, we want to give ourselves to that family of churches because God has called us to, be, to build well locally, but to think internationally. Not just to sometimes think, but to be engaged, to give ourselves, to support, to pray, to stand with, to, to send honor, to be a blessing. And so we, we need the capacity to be able to do that well. We, it takes time. It takes energy. It takes being intentional. And really that, for me, is the linking with this morning. Why is talking about deacons important to us this morning? What, what does it, it's just, a, it's just a thing. Let's just get on and do it. No, actually, we need to understand it in the context of the mission that God has got us on and that he has called us to, that as we do leadership well in the local church, it actually releases us more into what God has for us. We, um, 10 years ago, we, as a team, we looked at deacons. We did a paper on deacons, which we'll make available if you're interested to read that. And we actually appointed some deacons in Gateway, Kevin and Dawn and Al and Sarah. Um, Kevin and Dawn in the area of social action and Al and Sarah as deacons over youth. And when we, after we did that, it, to be honest, it kind of fizzled quite quickly. We stopped talking about it. It didn't become an a ingrained way that we build and structure ourselves. And increasingly recently, we've just felt, you know, we need to do this well. The Bible talks about elders and deacons in the church. And actually, when this is done well, I believe it brings life and health to the local church. In fact, it causes, it causes the church to function more effectively, to bear fruit in a new way. So here we go. Leaders in God's church are not like leaders in the world. Although they set direction and the culture, hopefully, and, and the values of, of the church as, as leaders would in um, business organizations and that kind of thing, in the Bible, leadership really is the word serve. When, when the Bible talks about leaders, leaders in their thinking shouldn't be thinking, right, I've got control of a group of people. Our heart should be one of, I'm, God's called me to serve this local body. So leadership in the Bible is one of service. And Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And that's really important that we maintain that heart, that posture. That actually we understand that that leadership, when it is done well and healthily in the local church, is primarily about serving the body. So, Luke 22. 
Let the leader be as one who serves. It couldn't be any more clear than that. And in Ephesians 4, we see that in actual fact, there are multiple gifts that Jesus has given to his church to build up and equip the saints, you and I, the body of Christ, for kingdom service. He gave apostles and prophets, evangelists and shepherd teachers, pastor teachers to the local church or to the church of Christ to build up, to equip us that we are effective in seeing God's kingdom come here in Swindon and playing our part, being released in gifts and who God has called us to be. And so Jesus, the way that he builds his church is by giving gifts to the church. And so at the end of that list, you see pastors and teachers. And out of that list, it's pastors and teachers or pastor teachers who have government responsibility for the local church, who carry a, an, an accountability for the local church. So in our context, as a team of elders, we carry a, a, an accountability and responsibility for the health, for the oversight, for the direction of gateway. Apostles, prophets, evangelists do not carry the same accountability for us. So our relationship with Steve Oliver that apostolic gift, he doesn't, he doesn't have an, an accountability before God for us in the same way that as local elders we do for this. That's a relational gift. We receive that gift as a relational gift and we want to build well and we want to honor that and we want to make ourselves, as you do in any good relationship, accountable to Steve as leaders. We want to, we want to give ourselves to what Steve's about because as we do that, that's also good for us. And in the New Testament... Right throughout the New Testament, it assumes there are two offices, if you like, or two leadership functions within the local church that are clear and present. And that is that of elder and that of deacons. In Philippians chapter 1, just as we've been looking at over the summer, Paul, he's writing to the Philippian church and he says this, Paul and Timothy, servants, it's, it's the Greek word for deacons, servants, he used, he used that word, ministers of the church, Sorry, of Christ Jesus. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers or elders. It means the same thing the words do. And deacons. So Paul writing to the local church recognizes there's the church. And within that church are the elders and the deacons. And he seems to assume that the church in Philippi know who he's talking about. As he says, the elders and the deacons. And so that's why it's important that we do this well, that it's clear for us, that it's not something of, hey, who are the leaders around here? Well, it's important. It's important as a body that you guys know who is responsible for taking care of you spiritually, for bringing direction, um, doctrinal position, that kind of thing here within Gateway. So just quickly, I want to whiz through the elders bit um, to get onto deacons and then say what that looks like here in Gateway. So... The Bible, when it talks about elders bringing oversight and leadership and direction and um, theological stance and that kind of thing, it uses the word elder, overseer, pastor interchangeably. Those words mean the same thing. And, and so we're really comfortable to use those words interchangeably because the Bible does without any problem. And in the local church, we don't believe that there is just one guy who is responsible for leading the church. The Bible makes it clear in, in the local church that the church is led by a team, a team of elders. That it's not, we don't just believe in one guy doing this. We believe in the plurality of eldership. That as Paul's writing to the church in Philippi, he's saying to the elders, 
not to the elder. And that's vital. There might be, a, there might be um, points in a church's journey as it, as it moves along its journey that for whatever reason, people come and go and sometimes eldership teams might shrink down to one, but that's not a healthy place that you want to stay. We want to be raising and releasing people who are called into that role because that's helpful and that's how the Bible understands it. So here's what elders do. I'm going to, I'm going to whiz through this. Um, in fact, I won't even... The scriptures are up on the screen. You can... Um, we can email them out to you. I'm just aware time is short. But here's what elders do. Elders lead the church. Elders teach and preach the word of God. And one of the functions of elders is that they are to protect the flock, the body, from false teaching. And I think we need to be really alert to that. It's not sometimes in history there is false teaching and heresy and weird things that go on. In every generation, there is false teaching. There's the spirit of the age and things that, if we're not careful, can come and rob scriptural truth from underneath us. And so part of our... It doesn't... By the way, keep your eyes and ears open. We should be alert to this as a people. But elders carry a responsibility for, for checking and saying, hey, we, we, if we're not careful, we could go off course here and correcting. Elders are to exhort and admonish the saints in sound doctrine. They are to visit the sick and pray... That doesn't mean that elders are to do that solely. There are points where it's right that elders go and do that, but actually it's right that the body is also released to do that. You see, some of this stuff, if it's only down to elders, we're robbing you guys of being a healthy local people. And so our job is to equip the saints, is to release you into who God's called you to. But there is a place and a time for elders to step up and do these things particularly. They're to judge on doctrinal issues and to equip the saints for works of service, along with prophets, apostles, and evangelists. The way that um, we talk about it, when we think about it as a team, is we've got five Ds that we talk about to declare. The first D, to declare. Elders are to declare by teaching and preaching, setting doctrine. They are to defend by keeping watch over the body. And so we want to know about your lives, not to be busy bodies, not every detail, but we want to know where you are in life, in your marriage, in your family in your relationships, in your walk with Jesus. We want to help. And of course, in a growing church, we can't know everybody personally. And, and so we have groups and we have group life, which I want to plug again and say, please, please give yourself to a group this term. Because we can't know everybody personally in that way, but through structuring it in such a way, we are able to care well for you guys. We're to bring discipline, to deal with issues of sin and relational breakdown in the body. To bring direction, we're to set the vision and the culture of the church that should hopefully release us as God's people into who he has called us to be. Every person finding their part within Gateway. To effectively use the gifts that God has given. And we are to demonstrate, our lives are to be an example to you guys of what faith in Jesus Christ looks like. That encourages you and strengthens you. We, um, a few years ago, um, as a leadership team, we went to the Holy, Tr- Holy Trinity Brompton Leaders event at the Royal Albert Hall. And there was a, um, a chap there who was um, preaching on one of the sessions called Father Raniero Cantamalesa. And he is the preacher to the papal household. And so he preaches to the Pope. Didn't know there was such a role. Um, and he said this great phrase that has stuck with me since. And he said, elders are meant to smell like the sheep. 
So as we talk about eldership, it's not this high, lofty, removed, ivory tower-esque type way of thinking, giving edicts out every, every now and again. It's elders are the smell of the sheep. We're to be with you guys, living life together, enjoying God's grace, carrying one another, sharing in moments of challenge and struggle in life. That's so important. So, I'm going to move on from elders. Deacons. The deacons were distinguished from the elders in that they were not part of the governing body bringing oversight and teaching authority within the local church. They're not charged with that duty. And deacons, in fact, are, again, the word deacons means servant or minister. And deacons are charged with serving the local church in practical, helpful, and active ways. There's a great quote. I've got a couple of quotes from um, Desiring God. And they've, uh, John Piper said this, Deacons exist to assist the leadership of the church by relieving the elders of distractions and pressures that would divert them from the ministry of the word and prayer and the general visionary oversight of the church. And I think this is a, a key part of why do we need deacons clear and present, active, called out, hands laid on them, set aside to be deacons within Gateway. Well, for the reason that I was saying earlier, because it seems to me that what God's doing right now is he's opening up the opportunities in front of us. And, and the challenge for us is that the pressure is, well, how do you do the both? How do, you, how do we look after gateway well, and how do we also give ourselves to what God seems to be opening as doors in front of us while we raise and release and recognize more leaders who are given authority and permission and accountability to serve within gateway? So I want to read that phrase again. Deacons exist to assist the leadership of the church by relieving the elders of distractions and pressures. That doesn't mean you guys are a distraction and a pressure. Could be. That would divert them from the ministry of the word and prayer and general visionary oversight of the church. This is my conviction as I've just been thinking on this and reading over it in the last few weeks. That when we get this right, When we do this well, when we release leaders effectively with responsibility and permission and accountability, who can, by the way, do things better than we can? Life comes in a different way. There's a health that comes into the local church. So we're not talking about deacons who are the ones who who care about how cars park in the car park, 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 in the car park and, and make sure that there's no litter out and make sure that, you know, I'm aware some of us are jaded by the word deacon from our experience of church over many years. We're not just talking about small kind of pointless roles. We're talking about roles that bring life. We're talking about men and women who care and love and welcome and serve and concern themselves with what's going on in us as a body. With the challenges that you are facing. And we see this in Acts 6. Acts 6 we, is the church has just been birthed. And they're working out what does, what does caring, what does leadership in the local church look like? You, there's this new thing, and you've got to kind of work out, okay, how do we do this? How do we do this? It's a bit like when you start a family, and you're kind of like, how on earth do we do this? And you have to work out how it works. Well, in Acts 6, the church was a, a young baby, and it was going through these same questions. And Luke wrote this down for us. Now, in these days, when the disciples, the followers of Jesus were increasing in number, a complaint, which is so encouraging to hear, 
by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve, that is the apostles, they summoned the full, mem- the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. And in preaching the word of God, I think they're not just talking about Sunday morning preachers. I think they're saying giving ourselves to training and equipping the body to, to be released into this kingdom exploit that God is doing amongst us. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. Now, there's lots of debate as to were these guys deacons or not. And in our paper, we say, do you know, we don't actually think that they were deacons as such. But to be honest, it's not really the point. The point is that the early church was struggling with how do we give ourselves to what God has called us to and care for this local church well. And instinctively, they knew that the, the right thing to do was to recognize men and women into this role who are gifted and faithful, who have good character, as we see the requirements in 1 Timothy chapter 3, into this role to give themselves to caring for these widows who were being overlooked as food was being given out. And it seems to me that as you read through the New Testament, Paul then recognizes what's going on here, saying, in fact, it's not just a good way to do it. It is the way that Jesus has called his local church to function. And he, and he instigates this role, this office of deacon, very clearly, as we see in Philippians 1.1, and a bit further on in 1 Timothy 3, when Paul, he calls out elders, here's the characteristic requirement for you, and then he goes on to say, and deacons, here's the characteristic requirement for you. You see, there would have been many servants in the early church, but deacons were recognized officers who exercised some measure of distinct authority and responsibility within the local church. So in Gateway, I am totally aware that there are many here who serve faithfully in all kinds of ways, seen and unseen, week in and week out. And thank you so much for that. It brings health and life to one another. We're like a family with Sunday lunch. Not that we ever do Sunday lunch in our household, but if we were to, I imagine, we do eat a bowl of cereal. If we were, sorry, I'm... (laughs) We love it, it's cool. Come over for a bowl of cereal. Um, if, if I am what I imagine Sunday lunch in the Waltons would look like, is that somebody lays a table, somebody's cooking, somebody's sorting the kids out, getting them to wash their hands, somebody's got to serve the food, somebody's got to clear up, somebody needs to sit and sleep in the afternoon. And there's all these different kinds of roles that need doing, and that is what's always going on in the local church if we love one another well. So next Sunday... I recognize that those who go, yeah, I'll go and serve the kids. There's a sacrifice. Because serving is a sacrifice. But it is also leadership to put your hand up and say, do you know what? For the sake of our children and to serve the others in Gateway that they can engage, that's leadership. What great self-leadership that is. And so go for it. Right, where am I? I'm off track. And time is nearly up. So, what about gateway and leadership? As a gateway, we are one church led by one eldership team. We have one vision that God has called us to, one philosophy of ministry, so the way our values and, and the way that we want to build and 
build a culture around here. We have one philosophy of ministry across the sites with the key things. We are different from the East, and they are different from us in numbers of ways, and I think that's healthy. It's not that we are meant to look and smell exactly the same. Thank goodness. Um, However, there are key things that we want to build well with, together. Things that are constant amongst us. But we work out our vision in two sites because that is how we believe God has called us to. In fact, not just two, but we want to be a multiplying people where we have many sites and plant many churches in the days ahead. So, just quickly. Gateway Church is led by a team of elders. Look at this. You'll be stunned. Next slide, please. Ah. Isn't that just... I'm moving on. Um, you, you can see I put my picture in black and white because it is more attractive that way. Um, so we believe that Gateway is to be led biblically by a team of elders, as I said. A team. It's not just me. It's a team. And we gather together regularly to pray, encourage one another, to get before God and to, and to discuss things and work things out that are in front of us and things that need to be engaged with. We, that team needs to be a growing team because God has called us to multiply And so that's an exciting thing for us down the road is to expand that team. And as a team, as I said earlier, we we carry responsibility for setting the vision and direction of the church. And we do believe that God has called us to be a multi-site church. Not just because it's the latest craze with church at the moment, but from years and years ago when Andrew Leakey planted the church, he talked about Swindon Family Church as we were then being um, one church in five locations across the town. And so right from our early days, this idea of multi-site church has been a DNA thing that God has spoken to us about. And so at a site level... Sorry, I'm trying to use a slightly different idea. At a site level, Gateway Elders still oversee the sites. So although Al, as an elder of Gateway, is based in the east, leading that site, he still carries responsibility for overseeing setting the direction, the vision, the doctrine of the West here, because we are one church. So at a site level, the elders oversee the site. However, in terms of leadership and how it works on the ground, what we have is a site pastor who has been designated responsibility from that eldership team for leading the site, for leading the team that needs to be grown and equipped to serve the site well. So let me give you an illustration. In the East, Al, when we, when we launched Gateway East 18 months ago or so, Longer than that now. But Al, um, we said to Al, as a team, we're, we're entrusting this baby site to you. We want you to go and lead it and to form and grow a team to serve it. But Al, don't do that on your own. We, we believe in plurality of leaders. We believe in team. And so what you need to do is to grow a site leadership team who also care for and welcome and serve and, and get hands dirty in helping making this thing be healthy and alive and active. And so Al has been doing that over the last 18 months, particularly um, Al and Sarah alongside Julian and Sarah um, have been working, serving that team. And recently, Al has been um, adding in other gifts who've come along and helped to strengthen that team. What we are saying is this, is that we recognize that the site team role, if you're part of the site leadership team, we are saying and recognizing that that is a deaconing function. In that my heart is that the site teams aren't just saying, right, I've got this small area of responsibility that I'm giving myself to, but that actually I care about who's coming through the door, the welcome they get, that where are people's needs in life? Are we meeting it? Are we loving one another? Are we serving one another well? And in my head, in my thinking, in our thinking, this is what site team leaders are doing. 
Some of them may carry particular responsibility within Gateway to help things run effectively and smoothly. But also to say this, deacons, we need deacons who actually also aren't part of the site team. I'll give you an example. In our culture, loneliness, particularly loneliness among the elderly, is a huge problem that I don't think we even scratch at the surface of it. I used to drive for Sainsbury's doing the home delivery driving, and when the service first started, um, so it was a long time ago, I used to knock on doors regularly and deliver food to old people. And I was thinking, this is a new service and you're ordering food online. Not that old people can't use, older people, sorry, can't use computers. But what I would find is that their children in any part of the world or country would order them food. And I'd go there and I'd think, you are so lonely. Because now you're not even getting to the shops where you're meeting people and out and about. It is a huge problem. I would love to see men, women rise up within Gateway who say, we, there's, within our community, I'm sure there are many who are older in years who would say, that's my story. I'm, I feel like I'm lonely. I feel like I'm disconnected. I would love us to see men and women who rise up and say, that is my passion and dream, to serve those who are older in years among us effectively. I would love that. And I would love in months, weeks, months to come that we lay hands on a group of people and say, right, your deacon is caring for those who are older. They don't have to be part of the site team. So although, although I'm saying that the site team, by nature of the role, are to be deacons, deacons don't have to be part of the site team. I hope that's clear. So can we just go to um, the next slide? So here's um, the East team, just for your interest. Just so you know, we are part of a multi-site church. We do have another site. I just want to remind you of that. We are together with them next week. Please do be kind to them and greet them. Um, there are going to be a whole load of people who you don't know, so cross the room. Go for it. Um, and so Al and Sarah here lead the team, and they do an outstanding job. They are great friends, and, and I love these guys, and thank God for them. I've got to say that. I was parents at the back of the room this morning. Um, <laughs> Julian and Sarah refuse to let me take their photo, but I will... Um, Hopefully, lots of you know them. They are, they've been with Alan and Sarah right from the start of Gateway East. Um, Kevin and Dawn are stalwarts of, of Gateway. They launched our furniture project many years ago. They have a heart for people who are walking in challenging situations of life that is above and beyond anybody else's I've ever met. And it is exemplary. They are servants of the highest order. And then Doug and Ori um, have recently joined the team with Alan and Sarah, particularly carrying responsibility um, for the host, for the welcoming of Sunday meetings, but they're, they're, they are passionate about Gateway East. And so that's the east side. Let's go to Gateway West, and then we are finished. Gateway West. They're all right. Um, so <laughs> Nigel and Helen, Nick and Motti, um, Nigel's a uh, fellow elder, and Nick's a fellow elder. By the way, Al is also one of the elders, as you saw um, on the previous slide. Um, so these guys are also elders, pastors at Gateway. Um, Nigel and I, in the West, we do it slightly differently um, in that we share the site pastor role um, between us um, because of my inabilities and Nigel's abilities. Um, and so you get two for the price of one. Um, and, but Nick is also one of the elders, part of the he's elder pastor, and, but is part of the site team along with these other much more good-looking people. Callum and Katie, who you guys did a stunning job of leading worship this morning. Let's just thank them. Um, so these guys lead our, welcome to, uh, sorry, our worship team. 
Graham and Shirley, who many of you are meeting if you're new to Gateway, have um, recently taken on leading our host team, our, our welcome team here in the West, and are doing a stunning job. Matt and Steph are faithfully serving our children um, and leading the teams for us there. And Clive and Kaz, that annoyingly good-looking couple, um, are leading and we've just been changing the way that we're serving our groups and group leaders. So along with Al, they are supporting, connecting with our group leaders here in the West. I'm done. I hope, my hope in sharing this is that we want to be a healthy church. We want to be a people who are releasing, recognizing gifts among us to build up, encourage, and strengthen one another. You can go now, Clive, that I've called you good looking. Um, and to do, and to be a healthy church, we need to be raising and releasing leadership. It's exactly the problem that Moses had when Jethro said to him, come on, you've got to raise and release leaders to serve this community. It's vital to the healthy church. And so in a couple of weeks' time, we are going to get these guys and girls up the front. We're going to lay hands on them and, and pray them into this deaconing role, believing that as we do that, that God will honor it. I'm a firm believer in the laying on of hands. And that as we lay on hands and recognize gifts to the church, gifts of servants who, who love the church, as we do that, I believe that growth comes and health comes. Mark Thornett, who um, used to lead Gateway, he used to say it like this. When, when, I remember him saying to me when I became an elder, he said, it's a bit, eldership is a bit like getting a big coat that's far too big for you. But as we lay hands on you and, and make you an elder, recognize you as an elder in the church, there's something that happens in the spirit, in the laying of hands, that causes you to grow and begin to fill that coat out. Um, and I believe that would be true for us here as we lay hands on deacons. That's going to be good for us. And I want to encourage you as the body, just in the way that you do for us guys as elders, to receive them, to welcome them, to listen to them, to help them where you can. Don't be surprised if they come and say things with a bit of an edge saying, no, come on. Well, who are you to say, come on? Well, actually, have been entrusted by the elders to do this task well because we need to be a church that are healthy because of the mission that God has called us to. Let's stand. I'm finished. We'll pray. Just to say, uh, this morning, I... I don't know about you, but I, God is with us. And I love, I love September. I love it when people move into the town and are looking for a church and say, we're going to get stuck in and find a church that we want to belong to, that we want to make home, that we want to give ourselves to. And even this morning, just recognizing that's going on. But God has got us on a mission. He has called us to give ourselves to it wholeheartedly and effectively. This is not just tinkering with the edges, by the way. This is vital for us to be faithful to that that God has called us to. But I want us to be a people who, who say we can do the both well. We can care about the local and give ourselves to the nations. We can make sure we're well organized and give ourselves to the town effectively. And I want us to be a people that, that in our hearts carry that God is on the move in this day. We're not, we're really not about gateway in one sense. We're here for the glory of God and for the joy of this town and for nations that haven't even received the gospel. We're here because we're on a mission that God has got us to. And boy, do we need God in his power and presence among us, speaking to us, equipping us, motivating us, releasing us into his mission 
in these days. And so I want to pray for you right now that, that God's face would shine upon you this week, Gateway. That you would know his love and his favor in your life. That you would, even right now as we just stand here at the end of this morning, that you would know the presence and the comfort and the joy of the Holy Spirit. That you would go out from this place smelling with the fragrance of Christ, which to some is the fragrance of death we know. Some, to some it will be the stench um, of death. But that you would go from being here with God's people, encouraged, motivated this week to be a, a bringer of the kingdom. A heralder of good news. A prophetic people, an intercessing people, a people who, who worship, all in worship with our lives, caring about the kingdom of God coming, bringing transformation to the lives of many in this town and out to the nations of the world. And so I bless you, Gateway, this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us afresh with your joy and your presence and your peace that we would indeed be a people who are holy, set apart for the kingdom of God in our generation in in this town, marked out by the presence of Jesus. As people come among us who even don't know Jesus would come and say, surely God is among you. And so, Lord, we say we want more of you in these days, for your glory, for your kingdom to come in power in this town. We recognize that you are at work, and we thank you that you say that as brothers dwell in unity together, there you command a blessing. So, Lord, we are expectant of what you want to do in Swindon in these days. And so we bless your name. Thank you for the many servants across, across Gateway. Lord, I thank you for the, the guys whose photos are up, but it's really not about that. It's about, it's about men and women giving themselves to your mission and to one another in love and affection and devotion. And we say, Lord, would you cause us to be here for one another's success and that we might excel in that, that we might be a people of love and welcome and hospitality and help and service deeply from within us because, Lord, you came and served us first. And so we bless your name this morning, King Jesus. We pray that you would be magnified and glorified here in Gateway. We will never get tired of singing your name, Lord Jesus, of worshipping you, because you're worthy of our praise and adoration. And so we bless your name above all this morning, King Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.